Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with the song entitled, I've Been to Calvary.
Did you know that until the 14th century, most people simply did not have last names? When folks started leaving their native villages for the big cities, which were then becoming much more numerous, surnames became necessary. In most cases, they were formed by combining a person's first name with his occupation or some outstanding characteristic, such as Tom the Baker or John the Little, and so on. Others took their names from the places where they had been born. In checking into this subject further, you will find some very strange things. For instance, the tribal leaders of the certain Indians of British Columbia have both summer and winter names. Even more strange, the Chinese have names for every stage of their life. They have a milk name for a babyhood, a school name for childhood, a marriage name upon entering into wedlock. Some African and New Zealand bush tribes let the baby itself decide what it shall be called. They do this by having a solemn roll call of the baby's ancestors. When a child coughs, sneezes, or waves its hand during this roll call, it is thought that the little one is requesting the particular name that is being mentioned. People make a great deal of their names. A whole business is built around the use of a family crest. One can buy all sorts of items engraved or printed with a family crest. A popular decoration nowadays is to have your family name chiseled into a large rock for prominent display at the entrance to your home. Millions of people have their own business cards. Some have their names up in lights. When the astronauts land on the moon, they left President Nixon's name there as an honor to him. Names are indeed very important because they identify and separate us. God, too, makes much of names. He has not only given himself many descriptive titles in the scriptures, but also he has inscribed the names of the saved in the book of life. There is one name, however, which God esteems above every other name. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Honored now by saints on earth, someday it will be called forth universal worship and adoration. The true believer therefore dwells much upon this precious name. It is his passport to heaven. Listen now as Larry Grable sings for us this beautiful song entitled, His Name is Wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name. 
Jesus, my Lord. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now. As Lino Lopez plays for us the flute, this wonderful song, It Is Well With My Soul.
Many years ago, a young lay preacher started a series of messages and meetings in a barn near Dublin, Ireland. He held only one meeting, and it was such a discouraging affair that the preacher closed the series right then and there and moved on to more fruitful fields. Only a handful of villagers had come, and interest was low. True, a young boy did come forward in response to the invitation, but no one seemed impressed. Why, it was only Gus. No one expected very much from Gus. In time, Gus grew up and became a minister. He preached thousands of sermons, but they are forgotten. He wrote 133 hymns. 132 of them have not survived the years. One hymn not only survived, but is generally acknowledged to be the best-known, best-beloved, and most widely used hymn ever written. That hymn is Rock of Ages by Augustus M. Toplady. Toplady has touched more people than many a poet, scholar, king, or preacher. Tradition tells us that Top Lady wrote the hymn while taking shelter in a cave during a thunderstorm. The far-reaching influence of this hymn is illustrated by many instances which have been recorded in history. Gladstone, the great statesman of the Victorian era, was asked that he was lying, dying, which song he would like to have sung to him. As they bent over him to hear his reply, the famous man whispered, Rock of Ages. Prince Albert, the consort of Queen Victoria, was also fond of this hymn, especially the second verse. As he was approaching death, he repeated over and over again, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. You see, he would explain, I have had all that my heart could desire, wealth, honor, and fame. And yet, at this critical hour, how poor I should be if these worldly gifts were the only thing on which I could depend. A well-known London singer was wounded in the throat during World War I. He was faced with a serious operation. His surgeon told him he would never be able to sing and speak again as a result of the operation. As the tragedy of the moment dawned upon him, The singer said, For twenty years I've been a singer. Soon I shall not be able to sing again. I should like to sing a song for the last time. Those around him wondered which of the hundred songs he had sung would be his choice. Then he began to sing the beautiful words of Rock of Ages. If you were faced with disappointment, tragedy, or death, what song would you choose to sing? Perhaps Rock of Ages would be your choice like thousands of others who have found solace in this truly magnificent hymn. Listen to the words of this song as Eddie Piper sings Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages Cleft for me Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy riven side which flow. 
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors will be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for our Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the life of Christ, the events leading up to the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 to 64. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, After three days I will raise again. Command therefore that the sepulchre be made sure unto the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He's risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. As we have studied before, the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified at 9 o'clock, and by 3 he died. Joseph and Nicodemus had less than three hours to accomplish so much for the proper Jewish burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, Joseph of Arimathea had received permission from Pilate to remove the body of Christ from the cross and then bury it. The ladies watched Joseph and Nicodemus prepare the body of Christ. They leave to return home, and they have concluded to prepare more spices and ointments, and then later to return to further anoint the body. Clearly, his resurrection was not in their mind or their way of thinking. Joseph and Nicodemus, after properly preparing his body for burial, his body was placed in a sepulcher close to where the crucifixion took place, Isaiah 53, verse 9. 
The Apostle John was at the cross, but is not seen in helping with the burial of Christ. The other apostles were not seen at the cross, nor did they help with the burial of Christ. They are not anticipating his resurrection, nor are they plotting on trying to steal and planning to steal his body and then proclaim his resurrection. Mark chapter number 9, verse 31 and 32. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and they were afraid to ask him. At 6 p.m., according to the Jewish reckoning of time, a new day would begin. The first night there were no Roman guards. The sepulchre of the Lord Jesus Christ was unguarded. Matthew 27, verse 62 that we read. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation. If it's a Friday crucifixion, this would have been Saturday. If it's a Wednesday crucifixion, it would have been Thursday. The Sabbath connected with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. In either case, the chief priests and the Pharisees were a bunch of hypocrites as they came to Pilate on a Sabbath day. And while talking to Pilate, they called the Lord Jesus Christ a deceiver. The word deceiver appears only five times in the New Testament, and this is the only occurrence where it is referring to Lord Jesus Christ. The word deceiver means leading astray, seducing. The Jewish religious leaders called their Messiah a deceiver. John chapter 1, verse 11, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. These unbelieving chief priests and Pharisees remembered about the words of Christ's resurrection, while his own disciples did not remember. Read John chapter 2, verse 22, and you will see that when Christ was risen from the dead, then his disciples remember what he had said to them. John chapter 20, verse 1 and 2. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark under the sepulchre and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre and we know not where they laid him. In the context of John chapter 20 verse 2, when Mary Magdalene stated they have taken the Lord, we don't know where they have laid him. We don't know if she's referring to the Roman officials or to the Jewish religious leaders such as the Sadducees, the Pharisees, or the chief priests. It is evident that she and the Lord's disciples, the Lord's apostles, were not looking for nor anticipating the Lord's resurrection. Remember, the reason for the ladies coming to the sepulcher was to further anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not come there expecting to see the stone rolled away or expecting to see the empty tomb or expecting to see and know that Christ was resurrected. So it was the unbelieving chief priests and Pharisees who came to Pilate on a high holy Sabbath requesting and demanding that the Roman guards be placed at the sepulcher where the body of Christ had been laid. This was done in order to protect the sepulcher and thus protect the body of Christ from anyone, including the disciples, to trying to steal it. The religious leaders, because of Christ's words about the third day, they were not worried about any other day. They were not worried about day one or day two or day seven or day eight or day thirty. Their focus was upon 
the third day, the Jewish leaders, the enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ, were taking no chances. Their reference to the last error being worse than the first error. The last error would be a reference to the spreading of the news of the resurrection of Christ than the first error, which were those who were following their Messiah. Now the next time, as we continue this study, we want to talk in greater detail about the Roman guards who were placed at the sepulcher. If you have any questions about this study on the life of Christ or any other Bible questions you would like answered, please contact Pastor Stewart at the Altoona Bible Church. The church's phone number is area code 814-942-2131 or you can email me at altoonabible at altoonabible.org. Romans chapter 5 verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we, the we are the believers, have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never trusted Christ, you do not have peace with God. The only way you receive that is to believe. Won't you believe and trust the Lord Jesus Christ right now, right where you're at before it's eternally too late? been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Jesus, I see, Lord, just Jesus.